You're fat. You can drink anyone. Maybe if you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're a disco party. You're the Chargers. Hi, and welcome back to You're Such a Catch. We're still in between seasons, but you know me. I like to under-promise and over-deliver, so here I am bringing you another bonus episode. The truth is, I can't stay away. I keep finding myself behind the mic. This weekend, I recorded with two other podcast hosts. I joined Brian Howie at the Tartine in Santa Monica, where we recorded for his show outside as a hardworking man buzzsawed the bushes in the background and the cops and ambulance rushed through the neighborhood. He was right, though. You could hardly notice the noise uh, when we played it back. So he's inspired me to post up anywhere for these conversations and hit the record button. So make sure you check out episode 356 on the great love debate titled The Hopeful Romantics. I also recorded for Melissa Marty's new show, Come Out of Your Shell. Y'all, what an honor. I was her first guest. We had so much fun chatting, she's a natural, and that episode will drop her first ever podcast episode, July 3rd, so stay tuned. Today you're in for a real treat. I not only have one guest, but three. We met at Los Angeles Fashion Week, where they were also on site recording for their show. But before we get into it, I wanted to share because I know you're all like me, nosy Nellies, and wondering what is up with season four. Well, it's in preparation. (laughs) I haven't shared too much about my intentions because, wait for it, I'm so excited about this. I'm currently pitching the idea to a few networks to potentially turn it into a short reality TV series. That's all I can divulge for now, but I will be keeping you updated. Trust and believe, y'all will be the first to know. With that being said, ladies, I invite you to join me and some incredible women in the You're Such a Catch community. Click the link in the episode notes to check it out. We meet via Zoom every Wednesday and support, inspire, and encourage one another 24-7-365. You can also follow me and see all of the shenanigans I've been up to on social. I'm most active on Instagram at your such a catch. It's Y-O-U-R-E, such a catch. And as always, if you have any feedback for me, drop me a line at Erin at your such a catch.com. All right, without further ado, I'd like to welcome the damsels in the DMs to the show. Lauren, Alejandro, and off. What I love about what you guys have created is it just takes such commitment for all three of you to get together. And I'm just so impressed by that. I think it's great. So who wants to start? Who wants to kick it off? Lauren, take it away. (laughs) Yes, Lauren, let's go. (laughs) Hello, I'm Lauren Harris. I'm the co-host of Damsels in the DMs, and I am an actor and producer in Los Angeles. Awesome. And my name is Alejandro Valtierra. I am a writer, actor, producer, and now publisher. Um, Ooh. Storytelling and collaborating and creating with other like-minded individuals. And I'm Ash. I am an actress and a model. I'm from Botswana, grew up in England, moved to America. 12 years ago. I am also a co-host of Damsels in the DMs. I'm also uh, working on my first producing job with Lauren. So exciting, but nerve wracking at the same time, but very excited to have us on your podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know me too. I mean, so together you guys are the Damsels in the DMs and I love it. The name is so cute. And I'm just so impressed by your guys' resumes. I mean, Look at all the things that you're doing and what a powerhouse to all come together. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. So I was asked to do the podcast by Chloe Dietrich, who's an incredible talent and comedian also in Los Angeles. And then she ended up having a lot of career opportunities come up and couldn't do the podcast anymore. So I ended up looking for two other co-hosts to do the podcast and I had been working on a project with Alejandro called Defining Dodo. It was a short film that we made. 
sort of about coming out of the closet, growing up in a machismo culture. We actually had worked at a publishing company together. Fun story is that Alejandro hired me as an intern. And that was sort of like a story that we talked about in our short film. So then we created the short film together. I knew I loved working with him. Osh and I had met in an acting class and Osh and I had been talking about doing this project because we were both really inspired by everything happening around Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. So when that came up, I said, like, I really want to do a project that targets some of this. I have a couple other people who might be interested in creating on it. What do you think? She was immediately like gung-ho. I loved the energy and the passion she brought to projects. And I was like, wow, this would be a really perfect team to do a podcast. And at first I was like, what if they say no? Like, I don't know, but I really love the idea of bringing so many different backgrounds to the podcast as opposed to something or somebody who may have been like exactly similar to me because I felt like there were a lot of podcasts that were already like that out there. And I felt like by bringing in these like very different backgrounds, we'd be able to talk about so many other things and actually talk about them with the background that people understood. So that was kind of how it started. Oh my gosh, I love it. And you guys were immediately like, yes, we're in. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, when I tell you that my heart was like racing, because I was like, I don't know. These are my top two. And I don't know how, like, who else I would go to. And also people thought I was crazy for doing two people as opposed to one. Like, so many people tried to talk me out of just finding one person. But I was like, I don't know, I really have a good, a good feeling about doing three. And it worked out perfectly. And I was right. So I feel like my, my, uh, strategy right now about being right I'm at like a 97% (laughs) I love it I love it well you had a vision you know what I mean like you had this vision and you were like I'm just gonna go for it and shoot for the stars but one thing I've learned like through podcasting and you guys tell me if this rings true to you too but it's funny like these um almost like these insecurities and like this imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know if you guys have like a dream guest, which I would love to hear who that is. When you go to reach out to them, all of a sudden there's like a laundry list of reasons why maybe you shouldn't. And I did this. I had a dream guest. Okay, you guys. And I labored over like, like, what would I say? How would I ask all these things? And one day I was like, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. And I sent her a voice note. Okay. Cause I had been a fan like on Instagram. And so uh, we communicated in the DMs before. You guys, she responded in about 30 seconds and was like, of course I'll be on your podcast. It was so funny. It was like, why did I do that? Has that happened to you guys? Like, do you have a dream guest? And like, I have to know. I actually went through this today. I reached out to a couple people to come on the show. And the last one that I was going to reach out to that I had on my list, I was like, no, no, I can't do it. And she's someone that I've been following for so long. She's in the health and fitness industry and just like, is just so, I love everything that she posts and that she does and the way that she leads her life from what I know through Instagram Mm -hmm. and YouTube. So I reached out, I'm so waiting to hear back from her, but I did it. I reached out to her and I'm like, whatever, if if I don't hear back, I'll try again, like in a couple more days and keep like pestering. (laughs) I thought you were going to say something. But the person that I was thinking of, I guess, is not that far away from coming on. Who are you thinking of? Oh, I don't want to say it. I'll say it after. But okay. your favorite podcast of all time. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we have an in on that. But I'll tell you after the show. But I had really wanted to have on We Met at Acme. And I thought that that was such like a... Because it's such a popular podcast for so long. Like I... I mean, before I ever had a podcast, I was listening to that, getting dating advice from it. And mm-hmm. she was like started podcasts from the ground up. Like if you go back to listen to her very first episode, like the audio quality from the beginning to now, I said this to her, it was just like unbelievable. So she was one person who I thought would never say yes, but then ended up saying yes and asking us to come be on her podcast. And that was just like, oh my God, couldn't believe it. It was such an honor to be on her podcast. And she was incredibly nice, like so sweet to us. We still keep in touch with her. So Oh, that's awesome. That's like a full circle moment. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, and that's what I'll say about like the podcasting world and like also about meeting you guys. It, I mean, you're just adding to the list. Like every single exchange I've had with another podcaster, with another podcast has been so positive and everybody is so happy to like collaborate and help each other out. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Who was yours? Who was mine? No. 
Alejandro's like, ah, don't put me on this spot. Don't put me on this spot. <laughs> yeah. So did you guys just know that a lot of the topics that you wanted to talk about were surrounding dating and relationships or how did it kind of morph into that? And then also, how did you guys decide that you were going to accept this like listener feedback, because I love that on the episode that I was on, just hearing somebody pour out their heart, it just really shows like what a safe space you create. And I just think it's so great that you have that type of relationship with your listeners. It's beautiful. So when we started talking about dating and relationships, I had somewhat of a tumultuous dating life. Like I am a child of divorce. And from that divorce, I didn't develop like the most phenomenal dating habits. And I was a serial dater for a very long time, meaning that like I needed to have a boyfriend all the time, didn't feel complete without having a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Very and I, Yeah, exactly. I was that way up until I was with my current boyfriend, who I've now been with for almost eight years. And through that relationship, I really found a sense of independence. It allowed me to be my full version of myself. And at first I thought it was like, well, can you really find yourself in a relationship? Like, am I, is it fair to say that I found myself in a relationship? Like, should you be finding yourself in being single if you are somebody who's been dependent on relationships? And what I realized was that my relationship made me feel so supported that I was able to actually fully explore myself and fully explore all of the sides, which allowed me to have like more of a fully formed life, I would say, and just have more to it in my life. And from that experience, I felt like I can give pretty decent advice on dating because I've really explored the realm. And also my friends would always come to me for advice. And then these two were exploring such, and you guys can talk about it on your own, but they were in very different places in their dating lives, but we had all kind of been through it in so many different (laughs) ways. So I think that we wanted to explore dating and relationships because it's such a hard topic. And just like you said, like the people who write to us, it's usually very personal. So we try to keep it as anonymous as possible, but we wanted to be very careful with that advice. And also like breakups for me were so horrible, like to the point where I would be nauseous, couldn't eat, like Mm -hmm. just so distracting from the rest of my life. And like, if I could do anything to make people feel more supported or just have more tools while going through those experiences, like that would just mean the world to me because I know how traumatic it was for me. Mm -hmm. For me, I came on, I came on single. I'm still single, but (laughs) my experiences that I guess I can add to the podcast are just being someone in their late twenties and dating around in LA and just how difficult it actually is and just sharing my dating experiences with with the listeners bad or good and I think it's so great that we have the three of us because we were all three in different stages of dating and dating in different aspects of LA so like we've got the LGBTQ plus community we've got Lauren who's in her long distance relationship we've got me who like was trying to navigate fuck boys in LA (laughs) (laughs) amen sister Like it was three unique experiences that we had. So I think that also made it a very safe space for people to come to us for advice because we were just very relatable in this space. Like there's someone who is in a long distance relationship or someone who has been a serial dater. Lauren's perfect to to come and talk to about it and give them her advice. Same respectively for me and Alejandro. So I think it was like, it just made sense. So when Lauren asked me to be on the podcast, I, I was really excited because I, have so many stories to tell and I I do want to share my experiences and just like let people know it's okay to be single (laughs) and you're not alone and like LA is a very hard place to date and so is New York it's like these big metropolitan Mm -hmm. cities that are just very hard to date in yeah one of the things that I love about the opportunity to be on the podcast and that fascinated me from the very beginning of being asked to join was being an advocate I really firmly believe in advocating not only for ourselves, but for our communities that we belong to. And being an advocate for the LGBTQ community in whatever capacity I can be, I think that's really important. But also for mental health. I think being on this podcast and using this platform to advocate for oneself, for one's centeredness, I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle that I think sometimes gets overlooked when in pursuit of either a relationship or a date or whatever. So I, I really found this 
podcast, The Damsels in the Dams, opportunity to really not only allow me to celebrate the things that I love, but also to be a vessel and learn from you mm-hmm. know, experts or people who are passionate about what they're doing. Because I feel like we can all learn something from each other at the end of the day. And, Absolutely. Uh, and that's one thing I respect about what you guys are doing as well, is a lot of people don't want to share their personal experiences because they're fearful of acceptance or somebody judging them or whatever reason, kind of like going back to like those insecurities or imposter syndrome thoughts. But the fact that you guys are willing to kind of say like, hey, this is what's going on in my life right now. And I'm just going to share it openly. I mean, so many people can benefit from that. So many people can learn. And that's also kind of my why behind what I do. I'm just like up here, open book, like it is what it is. You know what I mean? But the feedback that you get then because you do become so relatable. And I think these things do need to be talked about. Mental health is huge. It's not talked about enough. And I think too, in terms of dating, and one thing you want to circle back to, Lauren, is like you talked about being codependent and kind of jumping from relationship to relationship. And I mean, I think all three of you are all very self-aware. So like, where does that self-awareness come from? And like, Lauren, specifically for you and your situation, like, how did you kind of piece that together and then go, oh, I'm in a pattern, but like in this relationship, I've broken that pattern and it's, it's healthy. It was really hard to recognize that I was in a pattern. And the funny thing is that I think everybody around me knew what I was doing, but because I'm a very sensitive person, nobody told me. And what I was realizing was that I was putting so much onto other people because I would go through these breakups and I am not the type of person who goes through something and bottles it up. I need to tell everybody about it and ask everybody for their advice and everybody for their opinion. And it was really annoying. (laughs) Like I didn't talk about anything else. I am such a better friend for not being at that place in my life because I can listen so much better and not be so caught up when everything going on in my head. So I would say what happened was that I was in the serial dating pattern. And then I was in a relationship that I would say was my first probably healthy relationship. Um, And I want to say that like, just because you get into a healthy relationship also doesn't mean that it's like the right relationship for you. You can be in a relationship where there's nothing that's like traumatic. There's nothing toxic, but it doesn't mean that it's the right one. And for me, like this relationship, it was healthy. And that was great for me that I was in finally a healthy relationship, but it, it wasn't my person. And it wasn't the relationship that was going to carry me through the rest of my years. But what it did allow me to do was have perspective on what I had been doing before and realize like what I didn't like, what I did like, and what I wanted to move to. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to move on from that relationship, I finally had like my single phase, which was really fun. And I remember it really fondly. So it like from that phase, I can really attest to the fact that taking time to be single is a great thing. And then during that time, I met my boyfriend. And when I met him, I still carried with me a lot of the toxic behaviors that I had learned from before, meaning like I was trying to convince him to date me. He wasn't ready to be in a relationship. And I spent basically a year trying to get him to date me before we actually dated. And people think that that's ridiculous. Like you shouldn't convince anybody to be with you. And like, yeah, it's not something that I would advocate for whatsoever. But in this situation, it worked out pretty well for me because like I said, we've been together almost eight years now. And like, I would say he kind of let me get out all of my toxic behaviors, all of my anxiety, and he was still there. He allowed me to like have my youth, have all of these things that I was still working through, but he was still kind of there for the long haul and allowed me to be me. So I would say like from dating him and from being with him for a long time now and starting therapy, I was able to say like, okay, you know what? I was seeking too much of my self-worth from all of these relationships in the past. And I never valued me. I was never looking at myself as an asset to other people because I was spending too much time convincing all of these other people to date me. And now looking back on it, I don't even think that like the people that I was with were the worst people ever, which before I think I just labeled them as being the worst. I think that I was doing things that were toxic as well. But I think that that took a lot of perspective and also just a lot of inner work and time to really realize what, like, just because I was a serial dater and just because I was doing all of these things to find myself in other people, like, 
It doesn't mean that they were all wrong. It doesn't mean that I was all wrong, but it was from things that I had gone through that I needed to figure out for myself. How can I proceed to live a healthier life? Yeah. I just like the wisdom there is like, I'm just like, where does that come from? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it took me damn near till my 40s to like really be able to put those pieces together. I don't think I, I don't think it was there in my late 20s. Mm -mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been in therapy for such a long time because like I said, my parents went through a divorce, which I think has served me really well. And also like, I think in my relationship, I'm really lucky that my boyfriend is so great to me, but I think that I was only really able to flourish because he was always challenging me to be the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I really advise to look for on the podcast is people who really push you to be better. Mm -hmm. Because I would say that was something that I lacked from all of my previous relationships. And I'm assuming then you reciprocate that back and challenge him and push him to be a better person too, right? Well, yeah, I was the a person to convince him to get a therapist. <laughs> I love this. Advocate for like these, uh, yeah. I don't want to call them, what should I call them? Not like douchier men, like getting therapists now because he's advising all of his friends to do it now. So I hope that it uh, has a good impact yeah. on yeah. the next generation of men getting therapy. Yeah, because- I love this. You started a grassroots like movement (laughs) and the women should be thanking you. Men too. Everybody should be thanking you. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I am a proponent for therapy too. So once I actually fully committed, I I think in my teen years, I was like, oh, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to say that to a therapist. And now I'm like, blah, verbal vomit. And I'm like, okay, we move past that. You know? <laughs> I remember my therapist the other day, she was like, I was telling her about something on the podcast and she was like, you talk about on the podcast that you have a therapist. I'm like, I talk about you damn near every episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, they're so great. Yeah. Oh, she's like your best friend. Yeah, yeah, I think she's like, yeah, she definitely doesn't think that she's my best friend or that I'm her best friend. It's but I, I definitely talk about my therapist a lot too. And she has like helped me open up and like, I've never been one to like therapy. Like I've always had anxiety and all of that for a long time. And I never liked talking about my anxiety, but then it was just about finding the right therapist. But now I think that it is possible to outgrow your therapist as well, no matter how much you love them. And I think we've hit a point where my therapist is like, I feel like they're my friend now. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can say this. I don't know if I can say that. Mm-hmm. Or or just rely too heavily on her. And I'm like, I need to find either a different therapist or a different way to like heal internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel like most of your anxiety comes from social interactions or does it come from just like anywhere, <laughs> like life in general? Yeah, I think this is like what I've been trying to figure out since like I discovered anxiety was a thing. So like years and years and years ago. But now that I am working on myself every single day and like trying to, it's it's ups and downs for sure. And since it is Mental Health Awareness Month, I think it is very important to talk about, but I, it is, it's like, it's like a roller coaster for me still. And I'm trying to get on that like steady pace. But I think for me, it's like, it's a combination of past situations, social situations and stuff that I have no idea why I'm feeling this way. Mm. Like, like no cause, no like root that I can get to that like caused me to be anxious. But I do have like situations where I went to Austin for the weekend and had my voice is like only still coming mm-hmm. back. Crazy weekend. And then after that, I was like, I do not want to see anyone for like two weeks. Cause mm-hmm. I, I, I mentally am so exhausted from just giving myself. And when I yeah. am in a social situation, I give my all, like, I can't just like half-ass it. Mm-hmm. Do you consider yourself an extrovert then, or like an introvert? No, I think I'm either like the introverted extrovert or the extroverted and introvert. The yeah. I was trying to figure out which one I am because I go through my personality changes. I go through different waves of like wanting to be with people or just completely isolating myself. Mm-hmm. How do you think yeah. that impacts your dating life? I'm just curious. So hmm. <laughs> my dating life, I think is like, it is tumultuous for sure. <laughs> 
I think, so I came to a realization just talking about like being self-aware. I was talking to my brother about this. I recently went through something that was like, I don't know if I would say toxic, but just like kind of fucked up. Excuse my language. Like it was no, like a, no like, excuse. You're fine, girlfriend. <laughs> it was like a, toxic and fucked up. It was toxic. Yeah, yeah. It was a fucked up like mini relationship that happened. Like it was like a three month thing, but someone that I thought was like so amazing. And I talk about it. Like I think we just released that episode recently, and I talk about it. But just like going through that, I was telling my brother, I was like, I am someone who. Now I'm realizing that I'm someone who is deathly afraid of commitment. Like I am mm. really scared of commitment. So I subconsciously, like I'll gravitate towards men who are emotionally unavailable. So that means that like these toxic assholes, like fuck boys, all these types of men that like just aren't ready to commit because subconsciously I know that I'm never going to be at that stage where I have to make that decision of if I want to be committed or not. And then when I do meet someone who is just a darling of a human being, genuine and has secure attachment, I get really terrified. Like I get very you scared. probably push him away. I push him away. I start acting kind of mean. And then I like feel guilty about it. And then I close up and I go into my own little, like I also isolate myself. And then it's just this circle of like the same cycle going on and on. Yeah. Um, but now I've realized it. So hopefully I can work towards mm. like keeping the good people in my life and weeding out the toxic human beings. Yeah. Again, I am just so like blown away by your all of your self-awareness. It's just it's just really incredible and I think maybe too like having the podcast and talking about these things with each other probably like brings things to the surface cuz as you're talking I'm thinking about my own patterns that I've had in life and what I've had to like break through what cycles and such and each time you do that the self-awareness piece is huge because it allows you the time and space to kind of process, heal, and then kind of take a step forward. But a lot of that stuff, especially if we learned it really young, it takes a while to unlearn the habits and relearn good habits. And then also just feeling comfortable. And I mean, I forget sometimes too, like we just went through a crazy pandemic. So it kind of makes sense. Like if you were just traveling and out with a bunch of people, how that can be shocking to the system when we've been isolated, especially in LA, we have to give ourselves grace with that too. So Alejandro, I'm dying to know, are we in a relationship or no, or what's, what's the scoop over here? I am currently experiencing a moment where I'm just trying to reflect and move forward in a positive and productive manner and trusting that I have the capacity both to uplift myself and anyone else who shares the genuine desire to reciprocate good energy that I like to fill someone else with. I feel like sometimes it becomes so easy for me to ignore the voice inside and it's like I, sometimes like I can it's like the voices are so loud and clamoring telling me what the right thing is to do and that is something that I thank my therapist for it's something that I am working on is trying to be better at just listening and not putting up such a fight when it comes to already knowing what the mm-hmm. good answer is or what the right answer is gonna be so yeah I mean trusting your gut in your intuition is so key. Honestly, like that's what led me to in my last relationship because I had that feeling like in the pit of your stomach, like something was off. And just to let you know, Alejandro, in my whole life, I've ignored that. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, and then my brain would come up with some sort of like justification as to why it's okay. And I would just kind of like press on full speed ahead until. Yeah. And then the only person that that's really hurting is ourselves because at the end of the day, it's gratified and given what was hoped for or whatever, but then we put up so much work ignoring those voices. Then it's like, there's so, it's like a weird self-fulfilling prophecy of like disappointment Mm -hmm. ourselves for not trusting ourselves and then Mm -hmm. trying to build ourselves back up into a good state of mind and i saw somewhere recently where like uh, it was on social media where they were explaining how if a person gets angry 
it takes like a solid chunk of hours to be able to recover like hormonally mm. from that. Mm. And I was just, I, I couldn't help but think like, oh my God, like how many times have I kicked myself in the ass for wanting to do or say something and then just totally ignoring that instinct because I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Mm. And then how long that was to overcome that emotional roller coaster and get into again good standing. So yeah, yeah. be aware of those things mm-hmm. and to overcome them with the right tools, like amazing guests that we have with the help of a therapist and with amazing people like Ash and Lauren, who, as you've already noted, are super in touch with the self and are able to be a well-rounded support system for others and not just. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's nice for you guys to have each other too as like accountability and support system too. And since you're talking all the time, I mean, think about it. Like a lot of us, I mean, we're in this space, right? So we do it naturally and and we're probably doing it a lot more than others, but a lot of people don't have good resources surrounding them to bounce these things off of. And I think Lauren, you touched on this earlier saying like you would go to your friends with kind of issues or problems, but you weren't really receiving the information. Like you just needed to like get it out and didn't really necessarily want their feedback. Like you, you already knew what you were going to do. But I, I do love the dynamic that you guys have together because you all do have those different perspectives and can go, hey, this is what I'm going through. What are your thoughts? And curious. So if one of you checked the other and was like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem in alignment. How would you guys receive that feedback? And has that happened? I did this to Alejandro like last week. (laughs) 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 He did it really well. Well, to me, at least, maybe not behind my back. (laughs) No, I did. I really did because it was what I needed to hear. And it was what, again, it was what I was ignoring and trying to not hear within myself. And after a certain number of times of trying to convince yourself of something else, it's like, what's the point? Who is that really benefiting? Because at the end of the day, anyone to advocate for ourselves, if we aren't the ones to do it, then nobody else can. So yeah, it was, the message was well received. Mm-hmm. Very well received. And when I said that to him, <laughs> when I was trying to say, like, the reason that I am calling you out on this is because I love you. And like yeah. when I was going through my serial dating and people would say the same thing, I think that at a certain point, like if you are not making these decisions yourself, like people stop giving you advice because it's hard to keep talking to a wall and keep talking to a wall and to have people not receiving your advice or not making changes in their life because they're not ready to do it. And we talk about that on the podcast. Like you can't force anybody to make a life change. You can only tell them what you know and tell them things out of love. So when Mm -hmm. I was giving Alejandro this advice, it was sort of just a, hey, I've been in your position before. It's really hard, but this is what I wish somebody had said to me. And you can take this advice or leave it, but this is what I want you to know. And I want you to know it's coming out of a place because I care. Yeah. Place of love. I also like, I learned this kind of acronym this year called API, which is assume positive intent. And like, especially in your situation, I don't think any of you would come to the other person unless your intent was to help that person and to point something out like an area of growth or whatnot. I think it's made me kind of reevaluate the friends that I do go to for advice, but always keeping in the back of my mind, like if I'm going to this person, I'm going to assume they have my best interest in mind. And if I don't feel like that's what I'm getting, then I'm like, that's not a person I should be talking about this with. But I think the true test, and Alejandro, you mentioned this, is being able to look inside and know we have the answers and then being able to trust yourself and not needing like outside validation to truly make a decision. And that is hard, especially if you've been codependent at any point in time or a people pleaser, or you're just motivated, um, by making sure the other person is okay and their feelings are intact. But like you said, Alejandro, like nobody is looking out for you then it like you have to be your own advocate 
Yeah, we can't keep spilling the cup and emptying it without having it replenished. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what does that leave us with? It's just, it's not really productive at all. Yeah. I think the most powerful, but also the hardest thing to do is to trust yourself to walk away from a situation that doesn't serve you. Yeah. And, like, agree. doing that is the, like, the most powerful thing you can do for yourself. But also, that does, like, it is very hard to do that. Yeah. Do you think that having the podcast actually keeps you like accountable to that? Like it's a second layer of accountability besides just your friends? Definitely. I think because I am so like open about my life on the podcast, I can't lie, right? Like I'm not gonna <laughs> right? I'm not gonna lie to my listeners and be like, this is what like you should do, this is what I do, but then go and and do something else because it just I feel like a fraud if I if I were to do that. do that so yeah. it does it is really great because it is a second form of therapy it's like spilling all of my secrets and then also like it's out there so it's like now what are you going to do about it mm-hmm. now like, there's people coming to you for the advice of kind of the same like the same caliber and you're like okay well I I am someone who went through this like if I'm going to give you this advice I better be doing the same thing and I feel like I, this is what I tell my friends. It's like, if you're going to come to me for, if you can, I'll be your friends and your friend in two different types of ways. Either you can come to me to vent and not hear my opinion and you just want to vent, or you can come to me for my advice and I will give you my opinion, but I won't sugarcoat it. I will tell you exactly how it is. And that is the, like, that are the two types of friends that I can be to someone. And you just need to decide, do you want my opinion and do you want my help? Or do you just want me to like help you in a way that's just like, I need to shut up and I need to listen to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And I think that can change, right? That can be, depending on the scenario, like you can flip flop and go, I just want you to listen right now, but here I know I need a little bit of hard love. I'll share a scenario with you guys that was really hard for me. So when I was in my relationship, my last relationship, unbeknownst to me, three of my closest friends had a discussion about my relationship without me privy to it. And full backstory, which I kind of shared on your guys' show, is when I was married, after I got divorced, I had a lot of my really close friends. And these are separate groups because this was such a big gap in time. But a lot of my close friends back then came to me after and were like, like, we had a feeling and we didn't really think he was the right fit for you, but they didn't say anything. So I've been super transparent with my friend groups moving forward, especially my closest friends in today's environment, just saying like, hey, this is my past because they didn't know me back then, right? So this is my past. This is kind of what I went through. I'm very open to feedback. So if you notice something as my friend, we're all spending time together, right? Because like anybody who I'm sharing my time with, I'm going to want to also spend time with my closest friend circle. If there's something that you notice or something, I am, I'm willing to receive that feedback. I'm not saying I'm going to act on it, but I would like the information should you see something. So this was very hard for me to find out after I made my own decision and acted on it to, to then learn that these conversations were had without me involved. Two of the friends were very upfront and they said, oh my gosh, Erin, Yep, I remember that conversation. I'm so sorry we did that. I will not do that again. Like, I will definitely go to you as the source. And the other one I had a little bit of a harder time with. And I'm curious to know, like, what your guys' thoughts are with that and, like, moving forward, especially if I'm being transparent and saying, this is what I would like from you. I mean, Ashi just said it, like, I can be two types of friends, right? So I said, off the cuff, like, this is what I want. And it wasn't reciprocated, you know, in oh, that God, Aaron, we would be good friends because I am very opinionated. Shot water. <laughs> <laughs> I am so like almost overly opinionated about other people's significant others to the point where I recently had an incident where somebody kept asking me their opinion on their significant other. And I was like, all right, you've asked, so you want to know the truth? You're getting the truth. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, again, because I care and because I have made so many mistakes that I only want the best for the people that I care about. 
So in my opinion, I think it's inappropriate that they had that conversation without you. And I'm sure that they meant it from a place of love. And I think like, okay, yeah, have a check-in conversation, but then they should have given you the feedback from that conversation. Because like, that's when I, I see that as problematic. Like, let's say like Osh had introduced up me and Alejandro to somebody that she was seeing. Alejandro and I have a conversation about it. We're like, I think that guy was kind of toxic. I don't think he's the one. But we're like, okay, you know what? Because we're Osh's friends, we should go tell Osh. Because the way I see it, like, don't let somebody waste too much of their time with somebody who you don't think is the one because like time's a ticking baby. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I know people want to find the, their person as Osh always talks about. So like the reason when I gave this friend some honest feedback about it, it was because I didn't want them to waste any more of their time. Like I wanted, I wanted to say like my piece and whether they take my opinion or they don't take my opinion, it doesn't matter, but they at least have this food for thought at this point to think about. So like, I think if you are going to have that conversation with somebody who's also involved in that friendship, like have the conversation, but then act on it, like do something about it. It's not fair to have this like personal information and what good is it doing at that point? Cause then mm-hmm. it's just gossip. Right. Yeah. I like, I am someone who will, I'll only give you my opinion if you ask for it, but luckily all my friends want their opinion on the guy that they're dating or the girl that they're dating. And so we I had a similar situation, but it was about, it was my, I have a different group of friends. There's four of us and we're all really close. And one of them got back together with their ex that we had different feelings about. I had very strong feelings because I've been through this with her for so long. And I outwardly told her, I was like, Hey, I don't want to hear it anymore. Like it's honestly getting to a point where it's affecting me. Cause I'm giving you my, my, I'm giving you my advice. It's just going through one ear out the other. And then I feel like what's the point of me even having this conversation with you over and over again? And she took it really well because if you're my friend, you know what's coming from a loving place. It's never going to come from a malicious place. And so that was like two years ago. And then she got back together with the ex and she felt too scared to tell me and to tell our mm-hmm. other friend in our group. She told one, like the other girl. And so the three of us went out to dinner. She didn't come and they started talking about it at dinner. And I was like, wait, what? Like she got back together with her ex and they were like, yeah, she said that she was too scared to come to you, whatever, whatever the situation was. But we had a conversation behind her back about her relationship, but we were like, we are going to tell her that we have this conversation because there's like, there's a fine line between talking about your friend behind their back, but then also like the other side is, Hey, we have this conversation because we care about you. You weren't there, but we just did, we care about you and, and this is what's going on. I just wanted you to know that I filled the girls in on what's happening. And I think I, I really respect that second one when you're, you mm-hmm. are upfront about like, Hey, we talked about your relationship instead yeah. of you finding out later. Mm-hmm. When you came to her and told her that that conversation was had, was she receptive of it yes. or was she super receptive to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we do have that relationship. Like it is very expected to like, it's, it's very much like family where it's like, I care about you. You know that. So anything that I'm going to do that involves you just know that it is API. Like it, like it is good intentions and it's never going to mm-hmm. come from a bad place. Is she still yeah. with that person? Yeah. And I actually hung out with him the last two weekends and he's changed. He's actually really great. And I gave him like, Look I was that. like, yeah, I'm like, this is really cool. He hung out with someone that I'm like seeing right now and, and they got along so well. And I was like, dang, like they're like, why don't you get paid? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with all of that. And I guess that's just what I wanted. I wanted, I, it's fine if they have the conversation because again, like sometimes too, you might have to bounce something off of somebody else and be like, I saw this and it kind of concerned me. Am I seeing that? Or am I just making this up because I'm being protective of Aaron? But I think what it was is the fact that the conversation was had and then nothing was ever kind of brought my way. And then I don't find out until way later. And then I just kind of felt just really saddened, especially because I've said like the door is open. Yeah. And was that somebody that you like? Would you have been upset to receive that feedback in the moment? Or do you think you would have been receptive? So I think only because of my past experience with getting divorced and and people's thoughts of my ex-husband, I would have been receptive. 
I would not have made any decisions based solely upon that feedback. What I would have done is been like asked for the specific feedback. I would have kind of taken inventory of it. I would have then tried to look through a different lens. Like, you know how like they say when you're in the mix of it or like in the thick of it, you you're, you kind of have these blinders on. And then the second you're like at a bird's eye view, you're like, whoa, it's a whole different, you know, ball game. And so what I think I would have done is just been like, okay, these people have known me for 10 years or whatever, and they're my closest friends. And they also know that I don't bring a lot of people around. And here I've chosen to bring somebody into the circle, which means that person means something to me. So if they then go, I have concerns about this, I think I would have totally, I would have totally pondered on it and done my own observations and then went from there. And I think, Lauren, you're right on the time because it would have sped up what I probably was already putting together myself. Because you can only be eyes and ears so much, right? And so uh, there were things that I just didn't know when I wasn't around. And it would have been nice to have that information, especially if it was notated. But but I don't think I, I would have like instant gratification been like, oh, my friend thought this, so I'm calling it quits. I think that decision has to fully come from me or else I might be tempted to like dabble back into it, always wondering like, oh, did I make that choice for the betterment of myself or because my friend didn't approve? So I'm so curious though, from your perspective. So all of you are in your late 20s. Yes. Well, well I'm in my 30s. <laughs> you're in your 30s. Okay, perfect. So the majority of people that are in my audience are probably like 33 to 45. So I'm just curious, do you think that there's a difference between what apps like somebody in their 20s using and what apps somebody in their, you know, late 30s or early 40s should be using? Yeah, I feel like there's probably a difference. I mean, I feel like my mom, she's going to kill me, is using like match.com. But I feel like, I mean... I don't know what age range, I guess like that maybe she's a little bit older, but I feel like I see more people like in their late twenties or like thirties using hinge. And then I feel like people who are looking for like very serious, like marriage have been using match.com. We had a letter recently with somebody who was using match.com actually. We've also had Nancy Jo sales on the podcast and she, I don't know how old she is, but she's shared such interesting, fascinating, deep, and kind of scary facts behind the dating app industry that are just like kind of mind-blowing and I think really valuable pieces of information that need to be shared for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're asking that question, I was just wondering like, what apps is she on? Is she's on them? I'm not Well, and I feel like as you get older, you end up paying for more apps because you can afford it. I feel like young people can't, are only using the free ones. Oh, interesting. I never thought of it from that perspective. I've seen all like ranges, like age ranges on the apps that I'm on. Like I'm on two right now. And I've just seen like, I I remember when I first, when I got onto Raya again, I had a love-hate relationship with that app. I keep deleting it and then downloading it again. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) When I got onto it for the 20th time, I forgot to uh, do the age range so it was like from 18 to like 100 that was the age range that I like that it was like preset on and I didn't realize until I was like swiping I was like oh damn like I, I forgot to like change my my preference but age like I mean men men are gonna be on, I, I'm just gonna speak for men because that's what I see on these apps and they will be on there till 100 like on these apps, <laughs> tinder which is like talking up out till they're like a hundred. So I think for women it's different or just someone who's like looking for monogamy and a serious relationship. I think it's different. What I don't quite understand is, so it's funny that Lauren, that you mentioned about paying for apps too, because like I'm probably in a place where I could pay to even up level an app or whatever to maybe filter or whatever. But I guess that just shows my level of commitment right now to that because I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? So I just have like, the so I use three and by using, I use that term very loosely. 
<laughs> because I'll go through like phases where I'm like, oh, I'm into this. And then I'll go through phases where I'm like, oh, I do not have the patience for this right now. And so I'm on Hinge, um, Bumble, and Raya. Raya, I just like because I'm a super, you know, big sports fan. And so anytime somebody from the NFL is in town, I'm just very excited about it. And I don't even really want to like date them. I just want to like have a conversation and be like, why'd you miss that play last week? (laughs) Or like, you're really screwed on my fantasy football team now. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm like, yeah. So I have that for all the wrong reasons. Let's just be honest. And um, (laughs) my friend let me steal her Bumble app and let me reach out to people for her because she was just so like tired of it. And I had the absolute best time with it. Like it was so much fun. And I was just really enjoying, like I was reading these app profiles thoroughly. And for me, I'm like, oh, research, right? And like I, I was looking through the profiles and I would find like something very obscure to reach out. And then I would be like, so like you read Thoreau, like what's your favorite line? Like just like really obscure, random things. But I was having the most ridiculous conversations. And then it like reached a point where I was like, this is catfishing. I had to stop, but I really had so much fun. I mean, I think we've all been there where we're like, we're just done. I mean, I did this this weekend too. I passed my phone across the table. We were in Hermosa and my girlfriend was visiting from Philly and she's been married for... Oh, I, oh, you're from Philly? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, so is the bouncer who is very, very good looking, by the way. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, we don't need to swipe, girlfriend. We just need to like see if he's available. But yeah, I passed my phone to her. So I think she's been married over a decade and kids the whole nine. So she never, I mean, she never had to go on a nap. You know what I mean? And so I was explaining to her how it works and whatnot. And she was having fun, but like, oh my gosh, the voice notes on Hinge, we just... I love those. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them I'm like, sir like what were you thinking have their voice notes on like they answer a prompt with a voice yes that is awful why would you No, it is it is the worst thing in the world but this is why i love hinge because i use it for entertainment all of these guys like bios are so funny and they're so creative that i'm like this is just so fun to like keep swiping through people and see their bios and then also listen to their corny voice notes like that at all. There is one I wish I would have like screen recorded if it does that with the audio because it was so mm, it w- I wish I could I wish I could remember exactly how it went but it was something like we can make music together. <gasps> we could like do you know that how, like has like Ash have you seen this man? It's like yeah, we can no. make music together. We can something we can smoke good weed together. We can and this is how he phrased it. We can make Pornhub together. Oh, my God. Uh My friend and I listened to it three times. And we're like, who puts that? But, but I mean, obviously, we were like, oh, my gosh, this is a train wreck. Let's listen to it again. Like, now I'm going to actively go and seek out this person and then screen record it so I can put it on my Yeah, please do. Send it to me because I'll make it my ringtone. So did you mess with that? Because I feel like I no, no. I think I'm at a I'm at a stage right now. (laughs) It's quite funny where I'm really working on myself and really honoring what I truly want. Because at the end of the day, what I truly want is to get married again, and I want to have a family. So why then do I entertain the fuck boys? And like, it's like, why am I doing that? So you guys would be very proud of me. So I had a pool boy during early pandemic. And let me just say, I don't have a pool, okay? And so like, he he was great, though. Like, he, he helped me through, like, the hardest part of the pandemic. Because I live – I am a single person, right? And, like, I – wasn't seeing anybody like I wasn't seeing even my my brother this is like early pandemic when we all thought like doomsday and and so he and I had met in person in real life we had met and I'll spare you the backstory but it was a I made a bet with a bar back in Hermosa that this 
particular type of person wouldn't walk through the door. And then lo and behold, he like we I think we said seven guys and this guy walked in number three. So then I was like, okay, I got up out of my seat. I went and sat next to him and I was like, okay, you lost me the bet. And I ended I'm now eating his chicken tenders and whatever. We just hit it off. And then we went into the pandemic. Never thought I would like see him again or anything. And then he reached out and we just like built this kind of like beautiful friendship. It was, I mean, it was a little bit more than friendship, but like, so we would color and do like an activity because in COVID you were doing, you were doing arts and crafts and like cooking. And then then, like, so anyways, he finds love during later in the pandemic all the way across the pond. I got into a relationship in the pandemic. And so we kind of went our separate ways. And then he reached out to kind of like rekindle. He reached out to see if my pool needed cleaning. And I was like, you know what? The baskets are full of leaves. And like, (laughs) I think the cover's been, you know, put on the pool where we're just letting it simmer down for a while. So, but I was proud of myself that I did that. You know what I mean? Because I could continue to entertain that. And it's fine. Like we have a great friendship. It's nice. But six months from now, I'm going to be like, well, that's not what I want. Right. So why am I entertaining that? I like that you went over there and you you made it happen because it's actually funny. I took my boyfriend recently to a networking event because Osh ditched me. And at this particular networking event, my boyfriend was incredible at approaching people to talk to them. And I was like, how do you know this? Like, how are you not afraid? And he's like, Lauren, I used to approach women all the time. Like, that's what men do. He's like, you just don't know this because you never approached anyone. And I was like, God damn it. You are so right. And then I was like, this is what the three of us are missing from our networking is that we don't know how to approach people. Yeah, I don't have that a problem. I will approach a brick wall and make it my best friend. So I love that. I could tell you so many stories, like some of my best friends I've met in a parking lot tailgating. I've met obviously how you make a good girlfriend in the bathroom, like at at a dive bar, like we will like, I'll make the friends, but we will like keep in touch for like the next 10 years. And I'll like be invited to her wedding, even though I like never met her man in person. Like that's like, yeah, I'm very bold in that way, but here's what I learned. It's a blessing and a curse because Men typically like to be the one that are hunting. And if I'm just presenting the kill to them, (laughs) they're like, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, and so it's backfired and they like the chase, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You're hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that I've noticed is not necessarily for dating, but just in general, when I meet new people, I've noticed like maybe because I'm, I can say I'm empathetic or like to a degree that's just like really strong. Like some people seem to want to open up so much and just divulge so much information about themselves to the point where it's like, I don't need to hear all of what is going on. But for some reason, but like, I do like to help others and I do like to be a source of some solace. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah. 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 And yeah, sometimes when I'm meeting new people, I have like, whether it be a networking event or just out and about. Sometimes, like, I don't know, the details that are shared can be a little too much. So that's... Well, you're like a calming presence. Yeah, definitely. You're you're a really good listener. And also, I feel like you're very complimentary and you also wear really interesting things. So, like, you're very easy to approach because, like, Mm -hmm. there's always something to comment and then, like, you go up to you and you're a lovely person, so... Yeah. That's like, true. yeah, that doesn't surprise. It's very true. I'm not surprised. I feel like you guys are all very approachable. I would, I would you say know? so. Yeah, I do think yeah. that. For my resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you don't have a resting bitch face. <laughs> I do that too sometimes. You're like but this all yeah. the time. I'm closing off all energy. Like I'm closing off everyone, and I'm like, I need to. I need to start just having my hand, arms by my side. We're going to start going into networking events like this. Right. <laughs> yes. Hey, everybody. I freaking love it. And what you said about compliments. So, like, 
I'm a believer that a lot of times we will think something about somebody else, but we don't say it for whatever reason. And and sometimes it could be because you just see somebody passing, you know, by on the street and you're like, oh my gosh, I love their shoes or they have the most beautiful hair or like her skin is just radiant or whatever the case may be. And we don't say it, right? So I've like made it my personal mission. A few years ago, I like made this pact with myself. Like if you think it, you say it. And so that opens me up to like a lot of random weird conversations. And sometimes people are really caught off guard, especially like post pandemic when they're not used to human beings, like kind of approaching them. But that's been like something that I treat now as like a personal gift that I'm giving to somebody else, because we all think those things and we all admire qualities in other people, but how often does somebody actually tell you? And so I don't know, it's a fun thing to do. And nobody's going to turn away a compliment. I mean, some people aren't as great at receiving them, which you'll find because even as women, I think sometimes we'll be like, oh, that's a beautiful shirt or dress or whatever. And then we're like, oh, this old thing, I've had it for 20 years or whatever. (laughs) But but it is a nice way to kind of like bridge a conversation and to just make somebody's day. And put a smile on someone's face. Okay, well, if we're doing that, then I have to be honest, because I've had something about you that I have maintained. So when I was researching you from the episode, I saw on your website that you were always perfectly manicured. And I am that way too. I also love having my, you can't see them right now, but they're like the tips. Anyway, I am always like that. And when when I saw you and you had like the pink nails and today you have the red, I was like, this is my type of gal. Oh my gosh. I love it. Thank you. I, so this is really sad and this is totally off topic, but I've gone to the same nail girl for seven years. Like she is like my family. You guys, I'm very loyal. Like when I find somebody I like, like I am in it and like we're family. I'm like, let's get you enough tips to send you back to Vietnam so you can visit grandma or whatever. And she's on a leave of absence. And oh my gosh, it's breaking my heart and ruining my routine. And I don't know what to do with myself. So I might need a referral, girlfriend. Give me your affiliate code for your nail salon. <laughs> oh no, I like the nail lounge from Beverly Hills. I'm, I'm pretty dedicated oh. to the nail lounge. They stay on. Okay. Well, what what do you get done? I have uh, acrylic right now. Okay, I'm a gel X type of person, and I think that's a generational gel-X. gap. I'm sure. <laughs> I hate gel X, by the way. Why do you hate it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, gel X. You got to be really careful with it because some people will do it and it won't even last a week. But my girl, it oh. could last like a month, which saves you a visit to the nail salon yeah. and also allows you to be busy and everything. So I'm yeah, very passionate. I love this. Oh my gosh. You guys are full of all the tips and all the things. I could talk to you for hours. We might have to do part two. My have to <laughs> yeah. on, but I absolutely adore you guys. Hook, line, and sinker. In the spirit of season three, the I Claim series, I'm going to cast some questions the damsel's way, and they're going to rummage through their tackle box for the answers. Hook us up with your best relationship advice. Trust your gut. Simple. Sweet. No expectations. Find somebody that challenges you and challenge them. This is where those three different perspectives come in. None of you had like anything remotely similar. I love it. What's the cringiest pickup line someone's used on you? You could do it in the reverse if you've ever used one on somebody. <laughs> when I was on the dating apps, I would do this thing of like, I would actually read the bio information. And I think we've talked about this on a previous episode, but I would like try and like come up with funny, quirky remarks in response to some of the details that they decided to share. So if they mention a book or whatever, or not, like I would try and talk about it, but. It would never yield a positive result. I'm literally on hinge trying to find a pickup line. (laughs) I didn't know angels needed a chairlift. Are you getting off at the top or continuing to heaven while I was skiing? Oh. Oh. I looked at my hinge to see like who's like me and who's like responded. And someone said, you have gorgeous shoulders. Also, when I was back home, we were at a restaurant and I was wearing open-toed shoes and the waiter goes, you have beautiful, you're, no, he goes, you have a really beautiful big toe. Ew. (laughs) Just a big toe? And can I tell you how old I was? I was like 17 or 18. Oh my God. Ew. 
And I was like, do what? you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, of course. <laughs> What's something that you're going to let go of that might be holding you back from claiming what you want? Self-doubt. Comparing. I cannot be original on this. Self-doubt. But it's really hard. I just want to say that, <laughs> that it's, I'm, it's a work in progress every day. Every day. I, I agree. I agree with both those things. Comparison too. Like comparison not only like in who you are as a person, but professionally in like so many different categories. So I concur. I concur. This has been so much fun, you guys. I could literally do this again. Like we could go for a round two. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you all concur. <laughs> So tell my listeners how they can find you, follow you, and listen to your podcast. So we are at Damsels in the DMs on Instagram. They can find us at Damsels in the DMs on Spotify and Apple. And then we are also at Damsels in the DMs on Twitter and TikTok. And then I'm Ash, A-A-S-A-A-S-H-H-H-H-H. So five H's. Oh, wow. Okay. Lauren Elizabeth Harris on Instagram and the uh, H in Elizabeth and Harris share it. So just one H. And I'm Alejandro.Tierra with three A's at the end. Oh my gosh. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank Thank you. you Thank you so much.